Welcome to the Leanne McCoy podcast. On this podcast, we talk about a lot of things, mostly prayer, but also spiritual warfare, parenting adult kids, and whatever else comes to our minds, my mind and heart. This is the place where I contemplate things that are too wonderful for me, also where I share interviews with people whose lives have greatly influenced mine or people who have some really great things to say. This is where I remind you and me that no matter what we're going through, God's got this. I'm Leanne McCoy, and this is my podcast. I started recording this episode before Kaylee knew I was recording, and the song we tried to sing for you was Oceans. I decided to look up the lyrics so that I could give you the context of what was going on in our hearts when our voices were trying to remember the words. And this is how the lyrics go for this very popular chorus. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will find rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine. And this was the part she and I were trying to sing. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. After our little rendition of this chorus, we then finished up with the advice that the girls had for parents. Michael has something especially to say to parents whose children might have run headlong in the opposite direction. Whether or not you agree with her, she's gonna challenge you to trust God completely with that child of yours. The thing I heard more than anything else was that growing up in our shadow was just that. They were glad to be our children and the church's children and the people everyone loved. But there came a time when they needed to become themselves and they had to get away from us to discover who that was. I think you're gonna love what they had to say to their younger selves and then what they have to say to other PKs. Enjoy this, the final part of my conversation with Michael and Kaylee on their reflections of what it was like to be born and reared in the ministry. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're ready? You're nervous. Okay. I was just thinking what I want to share. She's talking about what she wants to share. What I want to share is that like, keep in mind as a person of faith, you ask for that. Literally, there's a song that we sing saying, spirit lead me where my faith, faith is without borders. Where my feet could never wander. Wherever you may lead me. You know what? And every time now I hear that song, I'm like, we don't know what we're asking for right now. Uh, you don't want to. <laughs> Y'all don't really want to go there. <laughs> but we do. Because yeah. we do want to come through the fire and be proven gold, be proven pure. Like it's only through the fire of life that our 
yeah, that our faith is That's good. Purified. That's good. Well, that's I mean, what I was can you play like the last 30 seconds? I'm pretty sure she recorded I'm that. recording now. Oh, no. It was that good. Was it was perfect. Okay. And it's great. It's I'm okay. Glad, we I'm can glad leave you it. I said that. I hope that's you so leave. good. Let's leave it. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Well, I just, no, I just like, I really wanted to honor the, yeah, the, the process and that's been one of the hard things like the reason that i've created space and my relationship with you mom has been that i i want to protect you from what i'm experiencing and what i've learned is that like i can't you're my mom and on my worst days are the days that you're brave enough to send me a text like, <laughs> like it takes a know. lot of courage God i'm just here to say <laughs> right how do i know yeah that it's your worst day. honoring and recognizing really you you ask for that and then when you get it it's not what it will absolutely not be what you thought that you bargained for and i remember people saying like oh god will never give you something you can't handle and like oh yeah every from experience, day absolutely <laughs> he will absolutely. he will give you something you can't handle because he wants you to call out to him to help you handle it that's right that's and good. i think what you say has it, it leads in perfectly what I wanted to share at the very end of that because I could share it 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. But um, my recommendation to the parents in ministry, um, pastors, families, or ministers, or however you want to look at yourself labeled in that, is that your kids need to own their own faith, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, um, us three kids, the McCoy kids, being raised at Top Station Church, we often talk about the success and shadow that our parents have cast. Um, and I think it's true in of myself and Kaylee sitting here is that we had to discover who we are individually outside of Tom and Leanne McCoy. Everywhere we walked in this area was, oh my God, you're Tom McCoy's daughter. Oh my God, you're Leanne McCoy's daughter. Oh, you're the those pastor kids from Top Station Church. We had to leave or in fact, run away. I mean, I ran away. I needed to run away to even know who I was. Mm -hmm. And a big thing that I remember you telling me, mom, when I was going through all that was that this is not who you are. You are not who you're not acting who you are. And I was like, I don't even know who I am. So how in the world could you know who I am? And, you know, and in part, I'm sure you know who God promised I would be or that you hoped and believed a faithful God or somebody you prayed for your whole life mm -hmm. would be. Um, you know, you have to allow your kids to experience life, mm -hmm. period. And it's going to look like whatever that child needs to own their own faith, which goes in part where you're saying about that song and you're asking for God to lead you through life that will build your faith. Nothing will build a parent's faith more. I believe just watching my mom and dad, especially going through our life decisions, than trusting God with your adult children or even high school children's decisions. Mm -hmm to make sure that he can form a perfect plan with an imperfect choice. And he can, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a reflection of that. And just being able to know that your child may run away, may get drunk, may use drugs, may get pregnant out of wedlock, may go through a deconstruction process. And in my heart and what I'm going to say now, you may not agree with, but I think they have to go through that. 
And I think pastor's kids have to go through a bigger fire than even just, you know, kids that are in church. We have to experience something so deep that will break us internally. And, and, and yes, it's going to break you watching your children go through that pain. But if we don't get broken down to really the inside of us and who we are at the core, we will never be able to come back and own a faith that will truly believe that God has our best interest instead of our parents' best interest at heart. I had to make those poor choices as a high school high schooler. I had to get pregnant out of school. I had to live with an abusive husband in order for me to know that God's going to show up for me and not necessarily Tom and Leanne McCoy. I mean, I always hurt over the fact that my mom prays and it happens. I was like, I'm tired of you praying for things that are against me. And she's like, I'm not praying for things against you. I'm praying for your future and what I want your life to be. And I want you to experience life in the best possible manner. I'm not praying you pain. I'm praying you freedom and redemption and God's grace. And so in order for me to see where God showed up in my life, I had to run so far away from my family and my mother and I had to make stupid choices that only God could walk me out of. And God showed up. I mean, mm. I, and I, I can't speak on Kaylee's experience, but God allowed bad things to happen to me in order for me to have the life I have now. Yeah. And it was a building block that I needed to face. And I think pastor's kids have to go through those hard choices and poor choices and sin and, Whatever that looks like for that child. And Kaylee, I think yours is deconstruction of it because you have to own your own faith. You cannot borrow your family's faith. And we're born into that faith. So it is hard to find yourself outside of it to the point that you have to put those boundaries and space up to find it. That was one of the things that I learned in the teaching the prodigal class last fall that I keep promising will get loaded up online eventually. But um, one of the things I learned that I didn't know before was that what you're talking about, that when you have a prodigal, we call it a prodigal, you know, somebody that's totally doing life outside of our imagination, <laughs> exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could have asked or imagined. And, um, but our, our knee jerk reaction is go run after him, go, go help set him straight, go, go be God's tool, you know, cause that's what he, he so. gave him to us to take care of him, you know, but, um, I've, I've realized just how powerful and what they're really hollering that they don't know how to say with their words is I've got to get you out of my head so I can find out who I am. And it's not a rejection of you as a parent. It is literally, um, it's like um, an SOS call. It's the, it's a, it is a place. And that really allowed me to not be so anxious and to um, realize the power of giving space. It's almost the same as my son does abstract painting. And he, in very characteristic to his personality, he, the white space is the biggest space on the canvas most of the time. And it's what he's not painting that, that you kind of notice. And so he's, he's making space. I don't, he's not making it there, but he's emphasizing it with what he does paint. And I think that is, as I've watched those paintings evolve and I've thought about giving your kids space, I'm like, that's really, um, 
it's powerful. It's the, what you don't do and what you don't say and what you don't run after has more powerful. You think, Oh Lord, you're making me just sit still and be quiet. I'm not made to sit still and be quiet. I'm made to stand up and be heard, but that is, it's important. Yeah, it takes away from a mama's bare instinct. I mean, yeah. as moms, the three of us could definitely say we would face anything yeah. with our bare hands to protect our children. And so in order to allow space, to be observed and heard to where we can, or pastor's kid especially, can mm-hmm. find their own voice because that's what I felt my whole older life, 12 to not older, but 12 to 22 when I was starting to be that rebellious punk that turned into my mess. It I couldn't hear myself think because all yeah. I could hear was Tom and Leanne's voices in my head. Yeah. Or the church's voices. No, but what I was I want to add to Mm -hmm. that is um, it's incredibly natural and a beautiful thing that a that a child wants to honor their parents and wants to make their parents happy because, like, you're as parents, you're the whole world of this of these little beings that come into the world and like you provide their safe place to rest, you provide their food, you provide all of their needs, and you do everything that you can to give them what they want, what brings them joy, and you you do all of that for them. And so, like, they're going, as, as, as they're younger, they're going to tend towards wanting to be that which you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And so o- allowing space for your growing children through their teenage years and into their young adulthood to change their mind is really important and not to make it seem like them changing their mind mind rocks your whole faith. Like that's some weak faith. If you ask me, uh, yeah, if you believe in an all powerful God, you're going to trust him to take yeah. whatever choice your child takes and, and turn so, it like, into something, something allowing good. space the void, because the verse, like if you know, it's my it, demonstration yeah. of my life is what makes or breaks Tom and Leanne McCoy's faith, like come on, You're right? <laughs> <laughs> like I am That's one, true. and um, the other thing, infinite, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was the main thing. I think there was something else, but I can't really remember it. It'll come back probably. Okay. Anything else you'd say to the parents? Before we step into Uh others. Yeah. It's absolutely not going to go the way that you think that it is. No, never. (laughs) Ever. It's never, ever going to go. It's never going to go. Why do we even think of it? it We shouldn't. Be better than you ever imagined. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's something that I also felt in reflection of what you were sharing before we took that little break was just that you mom, um, was that like the, the attractive force and, and, and the nourishment of love and that foundation that you created in our early childhood, like obviously has more powerful staying power than any of the negative things that we've faced in our life that has been apart from you. And like, that's why we're here. Having mm. 
this connection and conversation and being willing to share because it is like it's literally three decades like that's what we're sharing right now yeah <laughs> it's not like oh we've just you know been in relationship for a little while and we've dabbled like we've gone all the way into the ick and we've hurt each other and yeah battled for it and like you have to be able to trust that that love that you lean into and like it may it doesn't always have a happy ending like and that's part of it too and you just have to like if you're really solid in your faith it'll make you solid or it'll show you where you're not and like that's okay too like shows the cracks yeah and it's hard and being honest about our vulnerability is where our greatest strength it's like the greatest fertile ground it's the compost with which we nourish the garden of our life well Mm -hmm. i i know my uh the cool thing about my process of owning my faith and kaylee's process of owning her own is that you know while there has been space created between um child and parent us as siblings have actually gotten closer because we've been able to mature and grow in in ourselves and not quite feel the pain. We've been able to process our pain to a point that we can actually mm-hmm. have relationship. Well, and that part of that was I was so sure. I was so before. mad mm-hmm. at you for how it affected your decisions affected mom emotionally. Like I was mad at you well, and your life for hurting yeah. her, and then she was no longer emotionally available to you support during and your me. last years yeah. of high school absolutely but i think our pain like just how we grew up we would not have been able to relate to each other if we had not gone through a process of pain and healing with owning our faith mm-hmm. and now kaylee and i are closer than we've ever been mm-hmm. and continue to build and and we don't necessarily agree on more than we've ever agreed on. No, we don't need to. We're agree. just able to relate in a side mm-hmm. that we are open and accepting enough and unconditional love of this is how you believe. And whether or not I believe that way, you are still my sister, Sayla, Kaylee. Yeah. Whoever, I am. <laughs> whoever you are, you you're are still my sister. You are, you are still my sister and I love you and I'm here for you regardless of what that looks like. And that like. was something that was so beautiful. Okay. And I feel like we both demonstrated in our respective seasons of space and separation from our parents was it was like we both demonstrated to each other like, hey, like I want a relationship with you even if you don't want a relationship with mom and dad. Like I'm not choosing sides here. I love you regardless, which mm-hmm. was valuable but that's for sibling you know yeah it's for another podcast we'll talk about another time no this is good and i'm i'm sure especially encouraging to parents that are already down the path probably terrifying to parents of preschoolers but (laughs) sorry it gets worse before it gets better y'all not for everybody though we don't know we just know what has happened to us that's all we know if you have any spirited individual that likes to speak out and is independent like my river when you used to call her beautiful when she was three she said no i'm a beautiful i river a river <laughs> i know that one is going to be quite the trip the older she gets but i am excited <laughs> to watch it happen yeah so yeah yeah it's good it's good well this is this has turned into a series we were going to do a podcast <laughs> but it's turned into a series and now to kind of wrap it up i only have two two questions left and um one is, I think we'll do this one first. What would you tell your eight-year-old self? 
if she were to, if you were to sit down with her and have a conversation, what would you say to her? I actually think Kaylee posted this on Facebook recently. <laughs> um, did I? Let's look. You well, did. You, you did post a, a sweet picture of you. Picture of you in your childhood, and you were like, "I'm fighting for you." That was, you very sweet. It was so sweet. That was so good. Um, yeah. My eight-year-old self. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a personal level, you won't be chubby your whole life. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you're gonna show up and get really cute. <laughs> you're gonna get really cute, and it's gonna cause you to get in a lot of trouble, and then you're gonna have a baby, and you're gonna be chubby again. <laughs> but um, no, eight-year-old self when it comes to church. I mean, it's hard to relate to an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> even <not>. yourself. <laughs> well, even yourself. Even because yourself. I'm thinking my eight-year-old self would look at me like I grew horns. If I yeah, she'd be like, tell, "What are you even doing here? What are you here? even talking about? Like, I don't care, man. I'm the VIP. I'm the princess of this church. You know." Um, I don't. I don't even know if I'd want to say anything to her because I kind of. Mm. I can't say that I'm disappointed in how my life has turned out. Yeah, there were certain dreams that I had as a teenager that didn't come to fruition that I could still do. I mean, there's plenty I could tell my 18-year-old self and just like on a finance level or an education level of, hey, even though life's going to look like this, you could still do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even though life's going to get hard financially, don't get into debt. I mean, those Mm -hmm. are things easily said to someone who can comprehend them. But as an eight-year-old, you know, your mom and dad love you. And although it might look like they're trying to control you one day, but at eight years old, I don't think I felt like you were controlling me. I mean, at 12 and 14, heck yeah, I felt like my life was being directed in a direction that I didn't even know if I wanted to go down or not. Mm-hmm. And so I fought it kicking and screaming, but at eight, just enjoy it I mean, <laughs> enjoy being a right enjoy being a enjoy being your daddy's best friend that gets mm. to go with him and sit in the golf cart while he plays golf or mm. gets to show up at the church office and sit and talk to everybody and do whatever you want because it's going to get harder because mm. um, it did and it hurt yeah mm-hmm. so buckle in and enjoy what you got now that's good but well, it will get better after but yeah. it's going to be hard. <laughs> In between. Yeah. What would you yeah, say, Kaylee? I feel kind of the same way. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I would say anything. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, that concept of giving advice to your past self is kind of, like, implying you that don't you want to would change the, the, the okay. path, I guess. But... And I was smart. I was smart enough. Listen to me. <laughs> I was smart enough to not want to grow up. You I, like, knew. You and I do. I think that there was a part of me that, like, Deep down, like I knew, like this incredibly more difficult than I could have asked or imagined path <laughs> was was before me in my early adulthood, and I was gonna feel flipped upside down, turned inside out, and everything around me was gonna crumble into ash, and I wasn't gonna know what in the world. It wasn't like, what do I do with all these pieces? Like, okay, what do I do with this dust? Mm-hmm. Right you know impossible to put back together um, you have to build from scratch mm -hmm. and so I remember feeling when I think about eight years old like I go to like okay I was eight I was almost eight when 9-11 happened 
Mm. And like that has had a profound impact on my, on all of our lives, but like on my life in the sense that my husband is a veteran and like he joined the, you know, he joined the military because when he was eight, he saw that happen. And then all of his cousins that were 10 years older than him immediately joined. And so like it had, that had a profound impact on my whole path. Um, But is there advice that I would give? eight-year-old Kaylee like nah I think she did pretty good (laughs) okay (laughs) I just I just think I would burst the bubble if I talked to my eight-year-old self I would and you wouldn't want to do that yeah because I'd want her to hold on to it as best she could yeah because would you could you tell her to be nicer to Kaylee (laughs) (laughs) no I wouldn't tell her that in my independence Kaylee and I were so close in age, and all Kaylee wanted to do was be my friend. (laughs) And I didn't give up. (laughs) Mission accomplished. That's good. That's good. What would you tell your teenage self? Anything different? I was going to say 14, but maybe 17. And you just kind of said what you would say to her. Um, Yeah, 18, even, even choosing to move out and find find yourself. I think it was important that it happened. I don't think I would have found myself if I had walked exactly the path that was laid out before me. Yeah. I think if I had more autonomy in my senior year of choosing where my college was and getting that distance I needed, mm-hmm. it the path could have been different and I could have found myself without the total just ripping at the seams of the book that was written for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but because it wasn't offered me to be able to choose the college and the path I wanted or thought I wanted, I had to totally upset the canvas. Mm -hmm. And so in doing so at 18, I would tell you, like, I would tell her, yeah, this is the path you choose. And I'm here to tell you it's going to hurt and you're going to feel unsafe and you're going to face life and death situations that you brought on yourself but it's necessary and you're going to be better afterwards and you're going to have two beautiful daughters after, and you're going to find happily ever after, you know, you, you asked me to do this podcast a year ago. I couldn't even say that because mm-hmm. I would have been unknown. I wouldn't have known if I was going to meet John and my, my fiance now and stuff. And I'm finding my life from 12 years ago is totally different than even I dreamed. Mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it's messy but mm-hmm. it's perfect and great and I love it mm-hmm. and that's not something I would have even said at 18 if I loved my life I didn't I hated it mm-hmm. I was totally miserable like I wanted to make my parents happy but I wanted to be happy and I wanted to make my ex-husband happy and I wanted to make my kids happy when I grew up to have them it's just so many factors but now I can genuinely say I am happy mm-hmm. and that's important Mm-hmm. And so at 18, <laughs> don't stay with him past the time you need to have oh. those babies leave before that. But maybe not because me staying as long as I did got me custody of my kids um, to the point I did because it had one more arrest that was necessary. So maybe not. Don't stay until you need to leave. Oh. Um, and I needed that last attack in order to have the custody I had. But the last thing is also to... Don't get into credit card debt. It sucks. <laughs> don't do that. Um, don't do that. But, and it's okay to be mad at God. I mean, my 18-year-old self was livid with what was supposed to be the savior of this world and everything. And so it is okay to be upset with God. 
Um, because guess what? He's bigger than our anger and our pain. And he will sit there and listen and hold you even when you feel like nobody is there. Um, and it won't be until you have hindsight of 2020. You know, I wrote something and spoke at mom's um, classes that I called it hindsight 2020 because I wasn't able to see God in my mess until I legitimately was able to heal from the mess and look back and go, oh my gosh, he was there and there and there. And I could pinpoint every time he walked through that with me. So I want us to do a podcast about that because <laughs> I want you to read that testimony and read my prayer journals. Cause they were like coinciding, which was really cool for a mom, not to even, but I never knew until you were sharing the testimony. Well, and I didn't know it's really great. I didn't know. It. Yeah. And you didn't know while you were going through it. That's cool. Anything you'd say to your teenage self? You don't have to try so hard. You've got one idea and things are going to go totally. <laughs> you don't have to work yeah. so hard, man. Don't work you so hard. Scholar. It is okay. You work so hard. Yeah. It's and good. it's got, <laughs> apparently from the outside, from a logical perspective, nothing to do with my life now. But on a, you know, deep character perspective, I know how to do hard things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's wasted okay we're gonna wrap this up we've got less than five minutes left just barely less and your last bit is two pks other than you uh, obviously. we need more than five minutes you know, for that <laughs> do you okay don't you think oh well i mean you don't think we need more than five minutes to talk to somebody the longer we wait to answer the question the less let's talk about it we're gonna we're gonna not time we're gonna make you not do it in four three minutes and 33 seconds <laughs> gotta help the kids all right so we're out. yeah so here we are the we're wrapping up the whole series this has been like um reflecting on the ministry you were born into, not the one that you responded to a calling from God. Like you, you know, you were born into this before you even knew how to talk. And it was a ministry that was already established, by the way, I'll just for history's sake, we had already been at the church five years, this, the church prior to four years before Michael was ever even born. So they were literally born into this church that Tom and I have pastored from the time there were eight people. They were already I don't know, 130 or 40 or so prior to Michael coming onto the scene. Yeah, and I was the oh church's baby. Yeah. I used to <laughs> Where they prayed you into existence. I joke that the church is actually their firstborn. That's yeah. true. And, yeah, and the other second, third, and fourth. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then a couple of them along the way, y'all used to joke and say died in the swim test yeah, because, because none of you remember <laughs> learning how to swim. But anyway, um, what would you have to say then to other PKs? Now think about that. This is like, PKs, they all have different experiences, but I bet a lot of what we've talked about resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. You want to go first? What do you have to say today? Sure. Um, I would say as teenagers and adults, like it's like, like I said, like my eight-year-old self, like the little ones, just be kid. You don't need to take advice Yeah, from don't me. worry about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, in the 12 and 13 and 14 but as I mm -hmm. especially in the last you know few years like have been processing and trying to sort out all of the feelings that I have and all of my perspectives like as it is your parents responsibility to 
maintain autonomy and boundary from you and your experience. It's equally your responsibility to learn how to create boundary from your parents and their ministry. Like understanding that that is that was is their call and it doesn't necessarily have to be yours. And in fact it's not because every single individual, whether you're born into ministry or not, has a unique divine call on their life. And so like learning how to find emotional support and learning how to process your experience and not constantly be so reactive, like to, yeah, to like, I mean, and I come at it from a perspective of someone that doesn't go to church anymore and has very strong opinions about the church. (laughs) Um, Like that's created a lot of tension in our relationship, obviously, like how could it not? And so learning how to not be angry with my mom that she wants to defend the church. Like, of course she does. It's been her whole life's work and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that she doesn't love me. It doesn't mean that she doesn't support me. It just means that we have two very different perspectives of the same institution. And that has, if, and it's been like this, yeah, it has been a constant back and forth of like, is it worth it to stay in this relationship? Because it has been incredibly draining at times and feeling like it doesn't matter what I do. Like, sure, I could live totally out of integrity with my heart and what I want, like what I see as, as my truth of my perspective of the truth and jump through the hoops, but like, dude, I did that for 20 plus years and like, I wasn't satisfied. And in fact, I still had more questions than answers at the end of the day. And I had to keep on going, you know, I had to keep on asking those questions and finding those answers or being okay with learning how to live in the question and allowing that, allowing your parents their own experience of you. And realizing that the love that you share is ultimately the gold that we all seek. And not rushing that process either, like letting it be okay if you have to have distance at different seasons of your relationship and experience. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good thing I didn't stop us at five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I see a different perspective, obviously, because I, I didn't um, necessarily deconstruct my faith or choose not to be involved in church. And I'm still heavily involved in um, the church I was raised in, the church that raised me, basically. wild. And yeah, because of all the people I think we would have picked of our, the three of us, of all of us, Mm -hmm. I would have been the one that would have never stepped foot back in Thompson Station Church ever again. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet here we are. God in and of his self, I think is very ironic and has humor. Uh, Where else would we get our humor from? Mm -hmm. Because made in his image. But I think what Kaylee said is important that you, you allow, uh, you allow yourself the space and the time and the, the ability and you allow your parents to have their experience and you to have your own. I think it's important that you um, also remember your parents are not God. They're not perfect. 
um, putting them on a pedestal and becoming the person in the church that holds them to a higher standard, much like you and your family are held to a higher standard by church members is an impossible task and it will greatly hurt them and you in the process. Um, I often held my dad to a godlike standard and no man could live up to him ever. It hindered my ability to uh, create relationships with men and possible suitors or dating um, or even believing I could find a husband that could ever match up to him when he was God to me. Um, and so you got to realize that there is one God in this and it is not your mom and dad or mom or dad, depending on who you have the better relationship with or closer to or relate to better. Um, neither of your parents are infallible and they can be completely at fault for their own problems and their own mess. And I hope your parents can own up to their mistakes. Um, I'm, we're, I'm very thankful to have a mom and dad that will apologize when they mess up and mm -hmm. will be the first to reach out when that happens and that we don't have to be the first one to eat our humble pie <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> but just remember your parents are not God. They cannot be perfect. They do not deserve to be on that pedestal. Um, but they do deserve your respect. They brought you into this world and they're doing the best they can and they love you. Um, they couldn't answer a call for ministry and not love their children. Um, because I believe that that God is love and ministry is love. And so how could you ever be a part of ministry and not love your kids? So just know that they do love you That's and good. have the best at heart. Now, if they're not hearing you, I am sorry. And time will we'll fix that based on your decisions. Obviously <laughs> my mom and dad started listening to me. I promise <laughs> Kaylee Kay Sayla over there can say the same. They will listen eventually. Um, mm. Sometimes it takes this cold, uh, cold splash of water in your face, but mm. um, just don't hold them to any higher standard that you don't want the church to hold you to and let them live outside the fishbowl that you're all placed in mm. for That's you. Good. It's good. It's good. This has been good. It's exhausting. Yeah, we literally spent all day. <laughs> all afternoon. We were going to just do a podcast. It turned out to be a lot. We had a lot to say, and I really appreciate it. I think this has been very, um, I like that word poignant, but I don't know how to say it because it's spelled poing -nunt. <laughs> poing -nunt. poignant. It's been poignant this afternoon and it's really been good i appreciate y'all both giving your stuck the boys with the boys yeah yeah <laughs> i appreciate you both your honesty and um your generosity and the way that you've approached these subjects it's been it's been great i think it'll be a great encouragement to um pastors to pastors and wives and to their children so thank y'all for participating you're oh. welcome I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Me oh, too. Me I too. We have more to say. To this. Yes. I know the pastors' wives will, and I know the PKs will. But pastors, yeah. you need to lower your yeah, lower it a little bit enough to receive it. Okay, that's right. Right, especially you need to hear yeah. it too. The men, yep, need yep. To hear it too. Yep, and don't wait until it's too late. Yeah, like listen and learn along the way. It's good. It's good. Thank you.
Well, isn't it great when your children start preaching to you? (laughs) Them leaving me in the dust and changing their minds did rock my faith. And only after being rocked and rolled did I resurface with a faith that's a bit more unshakable. Because you see, the Spirit did lead me where my trust was without borders. He did let me walk upon the waters wherever He would call me. He took me deeper than my feet would ever have wondered. And my faith has been made stronger in the presence of my Savior. I had to love their thoughts on what they would tell their younger selves and their advice to other PKs. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know Michael and Kaylee. I think that um, you'll for sure hear more from them in the future. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share it with your friends on social media platforms. And for those of you who've lived life with us at Thompson Station Church, I know that you've enjoyed hearing from Michael and Kaylee, especially those of you who were her Sunday school teachers, their Sunday school teachers, and those that were glad that you never had to be. (laughs) All of us and all of the McCoy family love you very much and consider ourselves most blessed to have been called to live life with you these past 35 years. We would not be who we are without you. And our children would not be who they are without you. You loved us well. You loved our family well. You you are precious to us. And for those of you who are not part of Thompson Station Church, love your pastors well. Love their families well. Give their children room to be who they are. And let's all just, goodness gracious church, Let's just do what Jesus did for us. Let's give our lives as offerings to others. And let's bring glory to God by the way that we um, love our neighbors as ourselves. This won't be the end of my reflection series. I'll probably have a little bit more to say in a final episode. But it certainly has been the bulk of it. And I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation that I had with Michael and Kaylee. And I... I, um, I'm going to look forward to uh, bringing them on as guests more. In fact, Kaylee and I are talking about doing a podcast together. And so uh, be listening for more of that. We'll we'll let you know when we launch that one. Um, But anyway, take care, enjoy, and I will talk to you next time on my uh, Leah McCoy podcast.